0: You're listening to the Blue Hen Sports Cage Podcast.
1: And the spring game for Delaware football is Saturday. It's earlier this year than it was. Wasn't it in the mid- early May last year? Yeah, it was definitely in May.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, First to be happening in it, April. It really but, I mean, if creeped you watch, up on us. If you watch some of these other schools, they've already finished it. I think Alabama, USC, Clemson, uh, Theirs is already done and over with. Alabama so guess, has
3: like nine spring games. They that's just also true. Just
2: play. So, I mean, if you, look at, if you want to compare it to other
1: schools, I think they're on track. So mm-hmm. It's nice to get started early, I guess. Yeah, we haven't talked about the Delaware football team in a while. And when you look at it from the surface, the big things that, that we will have to address in the next few weeks heading into the fall quarterback position, which, what are your skill players, and expecting the defense to be good again. Entering Saturday, what are you going to be looking at? I mean, quarterback position.
2: Yeah, Go ahead, Jake. I, mean, not, I think the quarterback yeah, position. Yeah, that's probably it. I mean, yeah. the
3: defense we know is good. We lost a, a, a few key pieces around the defense as a whole, uh, but we had depth um, kind of due to injury in the pass-blocking positions, the safeties and corners. Um, but we filled that, maybe not with as experienced players, but we filled that. Uh, so I guess the quarterback position is probably the only one that's um, – Gaining any sort of scrutiny because we saw how it happened last year. I
2: yeah, I mean, not to be like a source here, but I got a, a few friends who who told me that Darius Wade. <laughs> you don't was taking to apologize taking, uh, for having. Uh, not, I mean, I'm not like a you know like I, 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 I like would they like to have the at name kind of like you know Schefter reports, but um, no, I'm not there yet as far as um, pyramid quad. Yeah, pyramid quad. I don't know if I'm that reliable yet, but uh, just what I hear from a couple of people, um, Darius Wade was taking the first team reps. And JP was taking second team, so I, I, eventually I think that Darius Wade will be. And I, it's way too early to make this, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was to like play, to be the starter. I, I think I just we saw flashes of of hopeful brilliance, whatever you want to call it, from JP, but uh, it just wasn't consistent enough. Uh, I know that he has a year left, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw kind of a little bit of a carousel, of what we saw last year, but. Hopefully a little bit more consistent. Even if it isn't Wade, I'd like to see one guy just be that guy for at least like nine games.
0: My only problem with the assumption that Darius Wade is going to be the starting quarterback is I feel we're doing the same thing we did last year yeah. with J.P. Caruso. Mm-hmm. We sat here in in June. We hadn't seen him yet because he didn't start practicing with the team until the summer. And we said, I know what Joe Walker is. J.P. Caruso cannot be any worse they're going to let him yeah. have a chance, and he's going to start. And Joe Walker started the first four games of the season. Caruso comes in midway through JMU. Then Walker starts Stony Brook in game five. Caruso plays the rest of that game, plays out the rest of the season. Joe Walker moves positions. I could foresee similar thing happening here, but with that being said, I think Darius Wade is a more accomplished player at this point in his career than Caruso was coming from Appalachian State. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're going to compare yeah. backup quarterback at BC to backup quarterback at App State, backup quarterback at BC I think gets you a little bit higher on yeah. the totem pole. Um, but with that being said, I don't think it's a lock sure thing that we should be saying, "Oh, Wade's definitely going to be the guy" because that wasn't the case last year when JP Caruso came in. We still had Joe Walker for weeks 1 to 4.
2: And I agree with you completely. And I'm guilty of doing the same thing last year. Because I'm not going to disagree unknown. with you. We, we know, like yeah.
0: Caruso's mediocre. Well, maybe this yeah. guy will be Joe Flacco.
2: And I'm I'm not going to disagree with you at all. I, I am guilty of doing the same thing last year. My only thing that I mentioned earlier is that I don't want to see I don't want to see that guy, whoever that guy is, come in Game Four. I want to see that guy come in Game Two. I want to see ninety percent or ninety five percent of the season played with one guy. I don't want to see somebody come in. Um, mid game, fourth, fifth game of the season, and then finish it out. I'd like to see one guy play majority of the season.
1: That's all I'm saying. I, and I think in That's a, a point. in a perfect scenario here, I'm not a, per- a perfect source. Just like you're not. I mean, we we don't we're we're not with <laughs> wow, the, that we're, <laughs> we're not we're not with the team, so we don't know. But I think in a perfect scenario, you really would love to have Nolan Henderson as your QB next season.
0: This coming season.
1: Or, or next season.
0: The season after this. Yes, yes. 2019.
1: Yeah, t- yeah, 2019. So if that means that he's not going to be starting this year, I'm okay with that. But we know what Caruso is, and he's not very good. He's not. He, he Do, you has... think
0: there's... Do you think he can get better, though?
1: I, maybe, maybe. But if this guy, Darius Wade, can come in here for one year and provide... Yeah. Look at look at what we got at the QB position last year. It was hardly anything. Even if he can come in and give a little bit more and he doesn't have to be great but be be, be serviceable. Mm-hmm. Then he can be con- we the team can be left in a position where you look at Henderson and you say okay, we're going to get this guy for two or so years. It's and he's going to he's going to be a quarterback. But do you really want to
0: rather than rushing Henderson into the fire?
1: And and do you want to rush Henderson into the fire? Or, on the other side, do you want to dump Caruso out there again and cough up games at the end of it? Or would you rather mold Wade again? I don't know what he has.
2: Henderson was Smyrna... I think he was Player of the Year, right, for Delaware? Yep, Delaware Gatorade Player of the Year. So,
1: you know, would you think ideally you'd be able to put weight. there's a lot of talk about this guy, we've never seen him play, but if he performs well on Saturday, I think that will go a long way towards, at the very least, creating a perception among the fan base that maybe we have somebody who can lead us this season.
0: Yeah, and I think the same is true as last year in that you don't need the quarterback to be 250, 300 yards a game. You don't need to be Kyle Aletta. The defense is good enough that you need him to just control the ball, not make mistakes, 100 yards a game, 150 yards a game. That's all you have to ask for with the running game that Delaware should expect to have and certainly with the defense that Delaware's bringing back. And it was what they asked of the quarterback last year. And when it came down to it, Caruso or Joe Walker, they weren't able to put forth that just enough to get Delaware over the hump, regardless of how well the defense played Maybe maybe Wade is that guy to do just that, to do just enough to allow the defense to carry the team into the playoffs.
1: Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and going off of that, we talk about what you could get with Darius Wade. I, I will argue that despite Deontay Cherry moving on, the wide receiver group is going to be better because you'll bring Joe Walker in and these young guys, I expect yeah. a step forward. So if you get some more options receiving wise, we know the backfield's going to be great. I really think it's going to be Corey Sproul to, to take over that there there are weapons so you'd need somebody to just manage we've been looking for a manager for 4 or 5 years just a manager please a game manager somebody exactly now now the defense you think hey, can it, it, I can it, I get yeah. my spot to yeah.
0: watch for me obviously quarterback's number 1 but the other spot that I'm interested in watching is the linebacker position across the board one of the most interesting moves of the offseason has been bringing Ray Jones down from that strong safety spot to the bandit linebacker role, which in Rocco's 3-4 defense is really a hybrid role. It is more of a coverage role than it is of a downhill, plug the running lanes type of role, the role that Charles Bell and Troy Reader will play in the middle. Ray Jones is going to be out in space, but he's going to be up close to the line of scrimmage now, playing in the spot that Anthony Jackson played last year. But now when the Blue Hens go to their third down nickel package, they're not going to change their personnel. They're going to keep Ray Jones in and they'll be able to move him back to that safety spot keeping with their same three linebackers of Reader, Reader, and Bell, whereas last year they pulled Anthony Jackson off the field and brought in Casey Hinton. They're going to have a lot more flexibility with what they've done here by bringing Jones down to the linebacker spot. I'm just curious to see with his size, how does he hold up down there? because he's a lot smaller than both of the readers and Bell. He's not going to be the guy to clog the running lanes. But with the way that most collegiate offenses are going to spread the field, I think it's a good fit to bring him down and have him playing over that slot guy most of the time. And then in nickel, it gives you a lot more flexibility on third down and longs.
1: You think the defense will be as good this season as they were last year? I yeah, see. Yeah, I'll say
3: yes yeah. for optimism standpoint. Um We lost key players, but I think we kept a a, a big enough uh, group, obviously, with both readers still there. Uh,
1: And Charles Bell gets another year. Yeah, I
3: I, I think that potential and optimism-wise, yeah, I'll say we get better.
0: Yeah, Bell getting that extra year actually works out really well because you would have lost Bell and Kindle last year. Last year, Kindle just plugs the same spot that Bell did. You get Bell for an extra year now. I think the... The front three is the only only spot you worry about because you graduate all three of those guys. Nichols, um, Nassib, who filled in for Kitchen once Kitchen went down, and Blaine Woodson, but I think they'll be okay there. Even though Nichols is going to get drafted in a couple weeks, I didn't think he made so many plays that you can't replace him. And then in the secondary, I think they're going to just keep getting stronger. A full season for Nigel Hill, Second year for Nazar Adderley at safety. Malcolm Brown should be solid on the other side. This will be one of the best two or three defenses in the CIA.
1: Just think about what you'll get. One, two, three punch in the middle of the field. If, if Colby Reader continues to develop, as many expect he will, and Charles Bell makes a full recovery, Bell and then Colby and Troy Reader I mean, th- that, that, it doesn't get much yeah. better. And From uh, what you're going to get in this conference, it doesn't get much better.
0: And I really thought that they were going to move Reeder out to that bandit spot that I was talking about that Ray Jones is going to be in, where he'd be playing more out in space and then come down in the box for the nickel package when they bring an extra safety in. Instead, they decided to keep him in the same role that he filled last year once J. Sean Thompson was suspended, which is that— line up on the outside of the defensive line and bring pressure toward the quarterback. And I think overall it will end up being a good move because I think Ray Jones is better in that it will be better in that bandit role than whoever would replace Colby Reader in that cat up near the line of scrimmage role. So it allows them to keep all that size and girth that you're talking about, Teddy, up near the line of scrimmage, playing the run game, filling in those run lanes, and then Ray Jones handling things as far as the secondary goes in pass coverage.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, what we're going to see on Saturday is not going to provide the full picture of what's going to go on, but it gives them a chance to get out there. And if you want to hang out before with the whole, whatever you call it, pandemonium, that whole thing in the parking lot, a big extravaganza with the bouncy houses and all of that. But anyways, the spring game on Saturday, Rocco typically splits it up, and you'll get the players that you expect to see out there running around and... It may, mainly just to create some excitement for the program heading into the summer.
0: How many interceptions were in the spring game last year? Was it three or four? I would say the higher end, so maybe four. Less interceptions this year than last.
2: You would hope. You would hope. I'm gonna go with six. I think they're gonna air it out. I really do. <laughs> I'm trying to. Find- who, who runs the ball in spring? You know what I mean? Because you, it's like
3: it's like hard. It's like. Yeah, but look at, then look at the Delaware season. Who passes the ball?
2: That's true, but this is the
1: one time you get to air it out with no, like, you know, consequences. And people, and you do want to see what you're going to get from yeah. the quarterbacks. I think that's what—I mean, let, let's be honest. If Darius Wade goes out there and looks like an absolute superstar, it doesn't mean that he's going to play like that in the season. But I think as a fan, you would love to see that after what you've gotten. It means he
0: gets first crack at it in the fall. Yeah. You're listening to the Blue Hen Sports Cage podcast.
1: I mean, I just thought of this since you just walked back in the studio. We should, um, we should share our news of what we're doing on Saturday, since we haven't talked about that with Jake and Brandon. Yeah, we're venturing into
2: uh, different industries now. Uh, the modeling game has called upon us. I'll be there. And,
0: uh, You're going? Yeah, not because of you guys. No offense. Oh, My sister I, yes, is. That is true. The associate editor of U Dress. Absolutely. So yeah. Be there. Come and support. Jake. That leaves you.
3: Saturday. You have to be there. Um, you have to watch grass grow, or yeah, I'll, watch your cat. I'll know. uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Send me the information. Yeah, so, yeah it's the U dress
1: spring launch event. I got fitted in my, um, I got styled at Ski Bum.
0: Oh, you uh, must have been loving on that.
1: D- on Tuesday. Yeah, they picked out the clothes for me. Um, and, and they they borrowed the clothes from Ski Bum. And the one thing mm-hmm. I I will admit real quick, I don't want to spend forever on this, but I, I'm kind of nervous. I don't know how you walk on the runway. I don't know how you pose. I don't know what you're kind. You're
0: definitely of- gonna overdo it, based <laughs> on based on your thought train right now. I feel like you're definitely gonna. <laughs> All the are wow. going mean, let's, let's clear out this. some furniture here. I mean,
3: when we were doing one and one, Ahmed was the biggest. Uh, I guess, Ahmed was <laughs> factor. For Ahmed was yeah. the worst at walking once in a straight line. Once you start thinking, he said, it, once yeah. you start thinking about it, yeah. that's when you mess up.
2: The good thing with stand-up is you just literally stand there. Stand up. Stand up. You literally just stand there. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you Teddy. one thing. not will be to, fine, Teddy. Don't not, get in your own head. Not to speak like I do TED Talks every week or something where I'm some kind of uh, professional speaker, but it's about the crowd. It's not about you. So once you realize in your head that you're here to entertain and give these people a show, you will then forget about yourself and and now enjoy the company of the people
1: there. So don't make it about you. Make it about them. Well, the good news is they're making us get there at three thirty, and it doesn't start till like six forty-five or so, seven. Yeah. Of reps. So I'm going to be walking in <laughs> the per- in up. the Perkins hallway. He gets her ten thousand steps in. Baby. <laughs> I'm going to be going back and forth, back and forth. I- I'm going gonna- to. I need to. I'll figure out how. How do you do the walk? How do. You- how do you walk? You know. How, how do you do that? And they um, said they're
2: giving us pizza for the show. Come on, that's going to go straight to my hips.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you. you- it- it's-, it's a real hookup. On, man, this model thing is is tough. It's hard work. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the first time we could say that. 50% of the Cage crew will be models this weekend. Nice. At the U-Dress Spring And 100% launch. will be okay. there?
3: How, how do you know that Brandon and I will be modeling somewhere
1: else? oh <laughs> Oh, you could, but then you couldn't come to our show. That's true. Ow! You, you sure. could. Sure. Maybe you can, and I'll come to that show if, I got, you, if you model I got real
0: else. nervous when you start, because I, I had heard on Uncaged, you, yeah. you mentioned something about you and Teddy modeling, so yeah. that news wasn't actually new to me. But when you guys said you're starting a new venture, I really got, <laughs> like insecure for a second. I was like, are, wait like, a are they minute. doing a podcast together yeah, since they're graduating or something? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's a
2: good idea though, Brandon. Maybe like some graduate uh, like, call. They, maybe called, gonna, like, uh, start making money off Maybe this? a knockoff from Uncaged called Unemployed uh, post-graduation, <laughs> something like that. We could do something there. That's but, a good one. Uh, it'll be fun. Uh, shout out to uh, Udress too. We've worked with them in the past and they're great.
1: So. you know what? I forgot that we worked for that, yeah. it's okay. Partners. Thanks a lot. N- now, <laughs> now it's now it's fitting. It's fitting that it we that fitting. we're doing this.
2: No pun intended. No pun intended. Yeah, I
0: mean if you guys if you guys want to flash Blue Hunt Sports cage when you get oh, to the 100%. front. you know, the Blue Sports. A, I'll be
2: wearing the uncased t-shirt and I uh, <laughs> might do like a little soccer when you win you or when you score a goal, you kind of pull take, it up. Yeah, cuz that, you know, you're lost I'm process. sure they would be
0: thrilled with you guys if you yeah. did that. Yeah.
1: So, they know who we are. It's Saturday night in the Perkins Bacchus Theater. If anybody wants to come, uh, anyways, Delaware baseball three game series this weekend at home against James Madison. The team has won a good bit of their games recently. One, two, three, four, five out of their last seven. As we begin, we're beginning to open up conference play. Now, here's the thing: the Delaware baseball team right now is 18 wins and 16 losses. They were almost identical to this point. Last season, before when the weather started to get a little warmer, they went on a run. The only difference is that this season, their batting lineup is not nearly as good, but their pitchers are. And Billy Sullivan, the freshman, has been... Billy
0: Sullivan, the fourth. Don't even... We're not getting into
1: that. Billy Billy (laughs) Sullivan, the fourth. Yes. He is... He's pitching this weekend. So, I mean, they've got some... Billy Sullivan. They've got some young pieces. Uh, Nick Patton has gotten going a little bit over the last couple games. The question I think everybody wants to know among Delaware baseball fans is, is this team capable of making that run like they did last season? And my immediate answer is, I don't know if we'll really know until the beginning to end of May. Because they've kind of done this on and off, on and off. you got to start really getting hot in conference if you're going to be a legit threat down the stretch into the conference
0: tournament. Exactly. When we had our roundtable discussion for the review not this past week, but the week before, which you can check out at com. we had that exact question in the roundtable discussion. What needs to happen for the Blue Hens to repeat as CAA conference champions? And my answer was that they just need to get in the tournament. Once you're in that tournament, anything can happen. In baseball, anybody can win any given game. It, you know, if you're the Golden State Warriors of baseball, you could lose to the Orlando Magic of baseball, not in the same way that, you know, that wouldn't happen necessarily in football or basketball or hockey. But in, in a one game, a one loss, excuse me, elimination tournament, one game and you're out, anything can happen. So if they catch fire on that right weekend in May, they could take it home just as good a chance as anybody else in the conference. And then you factor in that strong pitching typically gives you that little bit of an advantage in those series when you can stack your starters up the right way you want them, when you can go sullivan hitting the first two games of the tournament, maybe get Sullivan back for the fourth game of the tournament. Mm. Now now you might be a little bit more comfortable, even if you go in as a four or five seed. So I would say the main focus is just securing a spot in the CAA tournament, because after that in baseball, one-game elimination tournament, absolutely anything can happen.
1: And it's nice to have that one-two punch on the mound, Sullivan and Hinton. The problem is they don't have a third guy right now. Yeah, I, th- I think they yeah. thought, oh, it's going to be it's, it's, it's going to be Spadafino or Hornich, and it hasn't worked out that way. Those two guys, respectively, Hornich, 762 ERA, Spadafino, 919. Combined record of 1 and 7. That's not working out. But you put Sullivan and Hinton together, that's, that's a combined record of 8 and 3, and Sullivan an ERA of 199, and Hinton an ERA of 270. I don't think that in a tournament you can, you can get a guy but you can't get a one day rest that you can't do that unless he only pitches like three innings
0: and then like, I doubt it point, yeah. and yeah so but like maybe you could get you could get a start out of Sullivan game one and then if your back's against the wall like you could get an inning or two in like a game three or something like you, I think of the way that. The Giants a couple years ago used Madison Bumgarner or the Dodgers tried to use Clayton Kershaw where they're not back to their full rest so they pitch a couple innings out of the bullpen. And they're just, it, it gives you some level of flexibility or comfort on the mound mm-hmm. having those two. You're listening to the Blue Hen Sports Cage Podcast.
1: The order that a lot of people, I mean, obviously the draft order is what we'll focus on, but the fact that the Cleveland Browns have got those two picks there sitting at number one and number four. Now, obviously, the Browns have been in the top of the draft for the last however many years, and they haven't really gone anywhere. Let's open by open by this. Based on some of the moves that the Browns made over the offseason, which you'd like to think that should make them a little bit better, where do you think they'll go with these picks? Do they go QB? Where do they go?
3: They're going think... to blow it. It's the, it's the Cleveland Browns <laughs> and the draft. They're going to blow it. Oh, Brian, what, what are you?
0: I was just going to just drop quarterback. I think they go quarterback at the top.
3: Yeah, I think that I, they... Don't... I think they should go quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to throw us for a loop and take Saquon Barkley at one. Not that that's a bad pick in any way. I mean, he's probably one of the most talented running backs we've seen out of, the, out of a draft. But you need a quarterback like Really badly. Tyrod Taylor is good. I will not. There will be no Tyrod Taylor slander on this show.
0: If anything, this show is a bunch of Tyrod Taylor apologists. Right. We're pro Tyrod. Yeah. Tyra Taylor. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, ty- will Tyrod Taylor fine. All of us. But I, okay. am. I think, eye, at least, I and think Cleveland is going to go running back at one and then throw us for a loop and snag Min- Minka Fitzpatrick at four. I think that's no what they're going to do. N- not until and- deep. Okay, I mean, That's mean, what I think
0: it's definitely within the realm of possibility. I,
3: I, I don't think that's what they should do. That uh-huh. that's not the smart move. Get to Sean Kaiser. I fully agree with out. you that they Who need to get a quarterback them? at a, I think their quarterback needs to be at one, just so they can take whoever they take want,
0: whoever their top guy
3: is. Uh, so yeah, and but, that's
0: the thing about this draft is that there isn't a consensus number one guy. There yeah. are a lot of guys, which is good for the teams in the middle of the pack. But there's you know you could go Josh Rosen at Josh Allen, Sam Darnold. Even you know, Lamar probably not, Jackson. Probably not Jackson
3: or Mayfield, but maybe. I think Lamar Jackson's the best quarterback in the draft.
2: I would have to agree with
3: that statement.
0: Um, so, but but at least at number one, you take your, take your choosing. You yeah. yeah, whoever you've determined to be the best. And you don't have to worry about what happens behind you for your guy to slide back down to you at
2: four. They're really sold. The Browns are really sold on Tyrod Taylor. Uh, the coach made it very clear that he's their guy. He's going to be the starter, um, you know, unless something. Crazier, dramatic happens. What I think they should do is I think they should get Saquon and then at whoever the best available quarterback is at number four, whoever that may be. Did,
0: did the signing of Carlos Hyde preclude them from, from taking Saquon? Was I it,
3: mean, I think when you have why that not have talent more? sitting in front of you, okay. I think it's I'm almost, just putting yeah. it out
0: there. Like that would be a reason well, not the Giants, to take Saquon. The
3: Giants are almost 100% confirmed that if Barkley's on the table at two, he's gone
0: unless they trade out.
3: Right. And I think I think any team would pick Barkley at 2 if he's there, um unless they're a quarterback like Needy wasteland. Team. Yeah. But if it's the Giants at 2 and Barkley's there, Barkley's going there almost 100%. And I don't think there'll be a reason otherwise. I don't I, again, I don't even think that's the best choice for them, but they're going to take him 100%. That leaves the Jets and we'll, we'll skip Cleveland for Denver, which is interesting. They just came out and said they're willing to shop
1: because because they committed to Case Keenum now, so they want to move back because they... On a short-term they, deal, though. But they may, yeah. f- they may feel like you know there's not that, gu- there's that. not that guy that we, we can get top five. Maybe we'll wait to get a quarterback, mm-hmm. and maybe if we move ourselves down to 13, 14, 15, even 17, 18, we're, we're going to get more back, and we don't feel like we'll really lose ourselves the chance to get a talented player.
0: Yeah, we'll get a couple guys. That can help yeah. us win today. And I think that's a smart move by Denver. The, the question is... To me, it's just who is moving up to that spot. I think the spot you want to move to is number two because you need to get ahead of the Jets if you're going for quarterback. And I don't think there's a player necessarily that teams are going to be moving for at five. Maybe if Bradley Chubb slips and you really want an edge rusher, I I agree Barkley's not going to slip there, so I don't think we need to talk about a team moving up for him. Um, So it'd most likely be a quarterback-needy team, but I think if you want a quarterback, you need to get up to two.
3: And quarterback-wise, you mentioned it before. I just want to highlight it again. Every single mock draft every, what, two weeks or so has a different order of quarterbacks. Absolutely. Even a different quarterback at one.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. move
3: them around. I have seen uh, a lot in the beginning ends with Baker Mayfield at one. Now he's kind of fallen to that three or four section. But Darnold, Allen, Rosen have rotated around. You have Rudolph, who is gaining he's a bit climbing. more steam. Um, and not surprisingly, but I've seen a lot of quarterback tier list with Kyle Oletta, not at the one, but on that quarterback tier list, he's made that list as a quarterback to look at. I mean, we've seen him uh,
0: second, third round. I don't think it's crazy.
3: Yeah. uh, He's definitely. And the team that they, they've written articles about him and they said he didn't land in New England they said that would be a team that's looking at him which would kind of be interesting to see how Especially that Especially on the out. heels
0: of yesterday's report that Tom Brady has is not, not confirmed. confirmed that he's coming back next right. year right
3: <laughs> which i think is adding a little bit more uh, urgency for the patriots to get a quarterback not that brian actually I, never mind i, I was going to say something about something positive about brian hoyer but we'll move on from that
1: well uh, I, I think i think when you, you talk have a
0: worse backup
1: when that's you, true. <laughs> when you talk about teams getting quarterbacks and that whole idea just look at the top 15 picks or so here. Just look at them. I mean, the Browns, that's a team that could need a QB. The Jets. But now you look down the order. The Dolphins, I mean, B- Bills. I mean, most of these teams have at least some Buff-
0: kind. of Buffalo, I would B- say B- quarterback. Buffalo. 80. But
1: yeah. most of these teams have, it may not be a great option. Like Mitch Trubisky, he's not, gonna, not Aaron Rodgers, but he's their quarterback mm-hmm. right now. They already invested in yeah. him last
0: year, so, so they're not going to get a guy this year.
1: I would not be surprised if there's not a lot of moving and a lot of teams say, well, we're not going to just spend, a, make a deal to move ourselves up for a guy who may not be the guy. So a lot of these QBs, I wouldn't be shocked if they drop down the order a little bit, and then you start seeing some teams that on the fence with it's QBs
0: so, it's taking them so later on.
3: There's your teams do crazy things for quarterbacks. It's quarterbacks that run it. Quarterbacks mm-hmm. run the draft, and then the other big names. I mean, most of everyone else here is defensive in the top ten. Mm-hmm. It gonna it's either going to be a Patrick quarterback. Chubb. It's going to be a quarterback, Saquon Barkley, and defense. Uh, you have uh, the guy from. oh Let me get his name. He was like a. a well, while you player. look at that Teddy, I would Quentin just Nelson was who I was thinking of. There you go. The guard from Notre Dame, who uh, I mean, wherever he but lands. like.
0: Nobody's going to be happy to take a guard top five yeah. because mm-hmm. of that position. I would just say, I I agree with you that for a lot of these teams, the smarter play might not. Would be to maybe not take a quarterback, but I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Cleveland go quarterback, Buffalo get up to number two go quarterback. Jets, I think, are definitely taking a quarterback based on how they already moved. And then Denver still could take a quarterback. I'm not saying they will, but if they stay at five, nobody else moves up, you could still have three or four quarterbacks in the top five. So while there's the potential for the top five to have just two
3: quarterbacks taking, I think we could see up to four. And I'm looking at the top 10, and I don't really want to disagree too much with what teddy said about quarterbacks but there is only two we'll go two teams in the top 10 that are set on quarterback and the top the i'm putting them as the indianapolis colts well actually i won't even i would the colts. say f- i would say four well i'm putting number number 10 is oakland I'll say Oakland has oh. it. I
0: didn't see Oakland. I would say five then. You're I think saying, there are five you're quarterbacks. You're saying Oakland that are is set.
3: set on quarterback? Oh, not like, no, oh, sorry. That was portable. That have a quarterback already on their team. Oh, okay. Not, okay. Five yeah. have a well,
0: quarterback. The quarterback yeah. position I'm, is I'm, taken I'm care going, of.
3: I'm going, like, Derek Carr, we already have. He's set. Jimmy Garoppolo. Absolutely. It's fine. Chicago, they're uh, yeah, set. Yes, they set. They're, right set, right set. they're set. Tampa, yes, they just James extended Jameis Winston, but they're not happy. I get it. But they're not happy with him. Give him a couple years. Yeah. But they're set for now. Indianapolis, we don't know. I don't think anyone can really say for sure if Andrew Luck's alive or not.
0: But they're not taking a quarterback top ten. I wouldn't surprise. I'd be shocked if, shy if they me, don't but... trade Briss, Brissett. Then they're it not wouldn't taking a quarterback.
3: Me. Denver's and then everyone else above them is quarterbacky. But uh, we'll, from what we just talked about, three were definites and two were definite with question marks. If we have five, we have five quarterbacks go right off the bat. We might see more than five quarterbacks go in the top ten. It's shocking, but we might see it. And I don't think that's ever happened. That more than five. I think the norm is like three at most, even three.
0: Sometimes a lot.
3: We might see five quarterbacks at a minimum go in this first round. I don't know. I don't think those five quarterbacks. But like we said, but that would be That would be with some, yeah. be with some quarterbacks just drive it.
2: First pick. What do you guys think? It- I know it changes every week, and we we probably will get an opportunity to pick next week, but if you were to pick number
3: 1 right now if franchise I'm, guy if i'm cleveland i'm probably going to go josh allen yeah
1: i'm going to like take josh a, allen i'm going to take well. a quarterback too they have they have four picks if they don't get barkley i you know i i don't i'd be surprised if they go barkley one I don't think they would do that. It
3: wouldn't be stupid. I no, mean, it wouldn't be
1: stupid, but I'd be surprised. Star talent.
3: The Specifically the
0: years they've, they've traded away, The last
3: two years they've traded
0: away Carson Wentz
3: and Deshaun Watson. Yeah. it would
0: be very hard for them to take
3: Saquon Barkley. It's it's not stupid to pick him because of his superstar caliber, but again, it's the Cleveland Browns. We've seen yeah. what they've done. I think it's quarterback, but I don't know
0: which one. If you were to pick a quarterback, I think there's a lot I of things. Safe... Stu- I mean, I haven't watched the guys enough to, to really know. I think Josh Allen yeah. is the— the biggest upside he's the highest frozen is yeah. the highest floor um, interesting yeah and sam, sam darnold i don't yeah i don't know idea what's going to what, go on with good? sam what, darnold what's good? so I, I mean i really don't know looks like josh allen for me too you're listening to the blue hen sports cage podcast
1: and we should note i i forgot to do it at the beginning guys but just under $46,000 radiothon that is how much money the station was able to raise in just under That's a lot. 2 weeks very impressive, and we have to—we have the listeners to thank. Do we get a cut of that, or we will if we get new equipment?
0: <laughs> I mean that—that's where it, that's where it ends up. You, you I That's mean, great because we were at about twenty thousand a week ago today. Yeah. yeah. With three days to go.
2: Shout out so, to everyone! Big like, shout out a to, great finish to the final donating. Push. I mean, a really great finish. We've—I mean—we've t- seen other studios, and uh, ninety-one-three is. And I'm not just saying this because I've been here for a while, but like the equipment is nice and we got new mics and keyboards. And I mean, it's really just a great facility. So and it's, it's allowed, allowed us to do a lot of things over the years. So thank you for donating.
1: Yeah, obviously we we thank our engineer Dave McKenzie for putting th- putting Shout these putting McKenzie. these plans into action and coming up with all of this fun stuff. And of course, station manager Steve Cramark and all Shout of the other Steve. all of the other community members, student shows. You know, just listening, driving around the so, last couple of weeks. Richard Gordon, yeah, Richard Gordon, OG Richard Nitti. Blackwell, Steve Waugh, all these guys that have helped us out and hearing what all of these community members yeah. have said on their shows the last couple of weeks. Everybody very thankful. I'm um, very gracious for all of the donations that have come in because it allows us to do what we do. And a true, true RSO, student-ran
2: organization. and um, Listener-supported radio. Listener-supported okay. radio. Non-commercial. And it's not like these adults, you no know. No commercials like no, them other guys. No adults pressuring us. I mean, they really kind of give us the, the reins on this one, and, and the kids have really control over it and—, and and we're not just a bunch of college kids as uh, some of some people like to say that we really are kind of running this
1: um 913WVD and it's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we love to bring some of our guests on every now and then. Eric Allen, our, our hockey guy, we bring him on every now and then. Um not today. We'll talk about hockey ourselves. But <laughs> oh, that's going to be rough. His uh his Pittsburgh Penguins with a 3 to 1 lead over the Flyers before we get to that series that's got relevance to the area. We need to touch on the the Las Vegas Golden Knights and Let's say this real quick. Regardless of the fact if anybody listening right now is a hockey fan or not, put this in perspective. This team, this is a brand new franchise. They just made the playoffs, and they just sweeped their first series. They were the first team to do that in their inaugural season. And now, they're... Co-favorites to win the Stanley Cup as they entered the season two hundred to one. So regardless of how into hockey you are, or whether you like the sport, or whether you like the fights, or whether you like any I of the stuff, <laughs> <laughs> whether you like any of the stuff that happens, you have to acknowledge the amazing nature of what this hockey team is doing. Also, with not just the castaways and the send-offs from other teams, they're not the worst players, but they don't—they're not getting the stars from any team, and they put it together. And this this team is rolling, um, so they'll play either San Jose or and San Jose because San Jose won last night. So that'll be a fun uh, matchup for the second from, round.
0: From this is this is an honest question. From a roster construction standpoint in the NHL, are you benefited as much from losing as you typically are? Say in the NBA, in that most teams that now are relevant in the playoff picture at one point were very bad acquired top draft picks, drafted the top talent, hit on those draft picks, and now they're good. But it was a year long, years long process mm-hmm. to get good. Is that similar or the same in the NHL?
1: It's a great question. I don't think it is because in the NHL there are stars. Your Sidney Crosby's your Alex Ovechkin, John Tavares, Connor McDavid, these are the, the names. But how people do you get them? unless you are really bad and get the top pick. But those players don't all the always. Only a few are going to jump right in and become this this star. A lot of times in the NHL, and again, you only have five players on the ice, just like you only have five players on the on the court in basketball. But it really comes down to depth because you you shift. At, you're like out that. there for less than ninety seconds. Yeah. So if you you get in, you got to have guys that can come onto the ice after one line That's gets tired. So I think what Vegas is doing right now,
0: because because I was thinking about yeah. You know, in the NBA, if you're OKC a few years ago, if you're the Sixers now, yes, you're good and you deserve credit for being good, but how many seasons did you have to be bad to be good? And if Mm -hmm. you're Las Vegas, you haven't had that opportunity to be bad. You're just good out of the gate. So, you know, how more impressive of that than these other teams that are good, but maybe took years and years and years to develop? But I guess what you're saying is, yes, it might take time for you to get lucky enough to have a Connor McDavid, but if you're management is shrewd enough in making smaller moves that give your team the depth, that's maybe where you can prosper in a shorter amount of time. And I'm th- not saying that yeah. Las Vegas has done that necessarily. That's probably something like in a full offseason we're making trades and free agent signings and such. But maybe that's how some of these other teams stay relevant mm-hmm. and or at least maybe get to that middle tier without a Connor McDavid or a Sidney Crosby.
1: And you look at a team like Las Vegas, and you don't even have to be all in tune with the sport of hockey to really— Put this in perspective. If you talk about their roster, their best players, a couple of them, just as I'm looking at their roster, William Carlson, James Neal, these are guys who were very good role players on other teams. As they come to Vegas, they're getting they're in the spotlight more. But this is a team that is playing as a team. They don't have your Crosby or your Ovechkin anything like that. But they play sound defense, and Mark Andre Fleury in net, coming from Pittsburgh, has been great for them. And it's all clicking. It's very magical. Um, And this doesn't happen too often. So you talk about what makes a good NHL team. They may not win the Cup. It may be the Penguins again because of what they've got with with Crosby, Malkin, and and Kessel. You know, I was driving the other night uh, yesterday when they were playing the Flyers, and I'm listening to the radio call. And every second you hear when Crosby or Malkin or Kessel gets the puck, in Philly, you hear kind of the the tension in Wells Fargo Center yeah. because you know that when you have a star like that, they can what can happen. happen? But that's not what's happening with Las Vegas, and it's so crazy, and you have to think why.
0: Well, my next question is, do you think this is lightning in a bottle or do you think this is going to be a sustained run? Do you think they're going to have more years where they're a favorite in the playoffs?
1: I don't see why not right okay. at
0: this point like there's no reason to think that this team blows up or the way it's currently constructed or that you know there's somebody who's playing out of his mind who's going to come back to the average, like this is something that could happen again next year. In year two, they could maybe still be as competitive as they are now.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and in the NHL, I mean, let's remember, they're not the only team that's great. Like Nash- yeah.
0: Nashville... They're not the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and nobody, well, I guess the Penguins, if you want to compare somebody, maybe, maybe. I don't know if that's that's analogous. Sure. But um, Nashville m- made the final last year and they lost and they're great again. And they may beat Vegas in the Western Conference final, but just to acknowledge a team in their first season without a guy who's going to win MVP mm-hmm. or, or really any of the major awards yet it's are doing what and he's they're just, doing.
0: Year, the whole idea of year one expansion draft, like this team should be terrible. This team should be one of the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. And you know, not only are they in the playoffs, but look at where they are now. From
1: the gate, too, from the start of the season. Hopping right out, and, and there they were. So they took care of business. San Jose took care of business. And then you look also in the West. So far right now, there's not really any teams that are, are upsetting it's very according to the way you would you would think in, in the Western Conference right now. Um, the Winnipeg Jets, with the 3-1 series lead, they're getting the job done. And you look also, um, you got your avalanche and your Predators, and it's been the Predators. In the East, though, we'll talk Pittsburgh, Philadelphia right now. We're just saying off-air between breaks. You know, the Flyers, this is a team, they made the playoffs. There's a lot of excitement, especially when your other teams have been so good, but Put them together, Pittsburgh and and Philadelphia, and there's really no contest. The talent and the stars that Pittsburgh has, it's way too much. And they needed to win one at home.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the point I was just about to raise is the winning game two is great, but you can't drop two on your home ice and expect to win a playoff series, especially when you're playing against the Golden State Warriors of hockey, if you want to call them that. You know, at least you're, play, you're playing against the defending champs one way or the other. Yeah, one one way or another. And again, they may
1: not win the cup, but it. Uh, Sidney Crosby has already scored five and, goals and in the playoffs. And when, when
0: a player at practice takes out one of their better players, that also doesn't help your chances. Do you see that? Um, I missed it. Sean Couturier got like decked by somebody at practice. At the Flyers' practice. Yeah, and he like flipped up in the air, and he landed, and he immediately knew he was hurt, and he chucked his stick at the wall and sat there until medical attention came. Hmm. He he was out for Game 4. I assume he's going to be out beyond that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit excited. I guess it was Sunday on the way home. I was in Indiana this weekend, so on the ride home, we put on the Flyers' hockey call, and... You know, it was exciting. It was exciting. Pittsburgh scores the first goal. I fell asleep. I wake back up. Pittsburgh scores two goals almost immediately once I wake up. And that's when I knew it's over. I went back to sleep. They lose again last night. The series is all but over.
1: Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that it may be Tampa and Bay. It
0: could, uh, so I was going to yeah. just say, from the buzz around Philadelphia, it could be all but over for Haxtell, the mm-hmm manager, coach.
1: Which you have to wonder why. I mean, this this does this team doesn't have the greatest roster. Is, it, is that a management question? Is that a coaching question? Did he do everything he can with the roster? Do they need to change up management? I mean, because for the last couple of years, the Flyers have maybe gotten there, but haven't gone anywhere. So is this a coaching issue or is this a management issue? I'm not familiar enough with that organization to make that call. But yeah, I, a- wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't say that I could 100% go one way or the other, but I think the prevailing thought is it's time for new coaching to at least see what they can do with this talent because it's kind of been stagnant the last couple of years. I mean, yes, they make the playoffs now, but they're not going to go beyond Pittsburgh. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Game 5 will be tomorrow night from Pittsburgh. And you look in the Eastern Conference, you talk about the Penguins. Um, the Capitals had to win Game 3 in Columbus. They did. Those three games all went to overtime. So it's 2-1 Jackets now, Game 4 tonight. But a lot of people think Boston, Tampa Bay, two teams that may end up making it to you know a run down the stretch. Right now, Boston, with the 2-1 lead, they'll face Toronto tonight in Game 4.
0: If Columbus beats Washington is that the biggest upset of round 1?
1: Based on the fact that I don't think there'll be any other upsets, yeah. yes.
0: I mean uh I, I, San Jose I, and Anaheim was that an upset? No, that was 3-2, it wasn't.
1: I it, mean I mean I think Anaheim was a better team. I think it was a surprise that it was a sweep. I'll say that. Okay. But if that game went to 6 or 7 and San Jose won, eh, you know, whatever. Okay. But, but, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You know, the, the, Eric was on here a couple of weeks ago talking about the Caps as reminding of the of the 9 Penguins playing team hockey. Let's face it. The Caps had... The Caps had game He's one. trying to make you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> game, game 1 and Game 2 at home, the Caps blew two, two-goal leads. You cannot do that and expect to win in the playoffs. They were incredibly lucky. I actually fell asleep on Tuesday night, but they were incred- incredibly lucky to win in overtime in Columbus, or else that was over. I mean, 3-0. And now... They could tie the series up if they win tonight. But the Jackets are a good team. And okay. when you don't have, you're not in a big market, Columbus. You know, there's, there's some parody in the East. Mm-hmm. I think Boston and Tampa Bay, they're going to win their series. But I wouldn't be shocked at all if Washington and Columbus ends up going 6-7, something like that.
0: Gotcha.